Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We're live here. Uh, enough about me. Episode number, what is it, 97, Mailbag. We've had a big week uh, so far, as I said, with Remy. I'm live on Periscope at the same time. Uh, well, am I getting paid for this? Is the first question. I, I am getting paid uh, exactly the same, if not more, than I got paid last year on uh, WEEI. Um, and I'm answering some questions on Periscope before I go to Twitter. It's been a great week, as I said, on the podcast. Uh, so far, the Remy one was unbelievable. Thanks for the downloads. Make sure you do that. And uh, the five-star subscriptions, as always, are possible. Uh, if possible, are always welcomed as well. So we'll dive right into it. I'll give you some show news maybe as, uh, as well. Uh, what's the best moment in Kirk and Callahan history? We'll do a bunch of Kirk and Callahan stuff anyway. Um, hmm. So here's the first question I'll get to. it. I'm going to sign off now, by the way. Pay attention. Listen to it. See you later. I'll check in later. First time Periscope. Uh, somebody's somebody's uh, question was, oh, that, does that technically mean I sign off? I don't even know. How the hell do you fucking sign off on this thing? Swipe down the stop. See you later. Stop broadcast. I'll talk to you guys later. Uh, they asked me about, I got some questions about this yesterday. Um, should I have pushed Remy further uh, about his son, Jared? And I understand that. That, I think, is a perfectly legitimate question to ask. Um, although it's funny, people got mad when I asked Brady a second question. But when you ask, don't ask Remy the third question, they get pissed off. So you, you, can't, you can't win, of course. But that's okay. I don't mind that. Um, Remy did not want to talk about Jared Remy. That was kind of explicitly off topic. Off, uh, you, you weren't allowed to touch it. That being said... I uh, I decided to do it because I thought it tied into his mental health. I mean, look, I've had mental health, as I said, issues, you know, in, in, in my life when my parents died or anything, just anything can trigger it. You know, when your son murders his girlfriend and the and the uh, father of your granddaughter, um, you know, that to me is a stressful thing. Obviously, it's a massive trigger. So I thought I had to ask it. I could tell he didn't want to talk about it. So at that point, as an interviewer, do you say, well, do I ask for a third or fourth time and then we're done? Or, you know, he doesn't want to talk about it. The thing with Brady and Guerrero is, first of all, hugely topical in the news. Brady's a business partner with Guerrero. And then, by the way, if you go back and listen to that, after the second answer, I was done. I turned it over to, I think, Drellick was the co-host. And then Brady started talking again about Guerrero. Which sort of fucked things up in my mind. So I'm thinking now, okay, he actually wants to talk about it. So I then followed up after that. Had Brady not started talking about Guerrero a little bit, I would have never followed up. We would have moved on. And then Brady didn't want that question, you know, before we got before we got going on that. Uh, sorry, I'm getting texted by somebody at work about the asking how I should handle the Rich Keefe stuff. I'm going to talk about it. That's what I do. <clears throat> so the. Uh, so, yeah, so I just, I, but I, I recognize the question. And also this, I'd say this, and I was going to say this to Jerry if we got into this part of the of, of, of the conversation. If he, if he expanded uh, and actually wanted to talk a little bit about Jared Remy. Six years ago, I really crushed Remy 
on the air. And I feel still he was certainly an enabler. But now I think of it, you know, six years later as a parent, uh, you know, my oldest kid is now 12. Uh, my son will be seven soon. And uh, I have to be honest, I think if I'm going to look at it, and this is the argument that Jerry made at the time, you know, it's your kid. Not so much the enabling and the murder and all that, but the job, Red Sox letting him keep his job. You know, if I'm Kirk Minahan, I have the same job as Remy does, and my son works for the Red Sox and goes to jail, am I going to at least say, hey, you know, can we keep this job? Is there something, Am I going to poke my head in and, and try and do that? It's my kid. The answer is probably yes. If I'm going to be totally fair, the answer to that is probably yes. Uh, so, yeah, so let's, let's, let's uh, move on here. Sorry, I'm just getting online and taking a look at some of these questions. Well, I mean, obviously the questions I got the most are still about the old show and about when my show is starting. So I'll answer, you know, the 50 of the 300 plus questions about when the show is going to start. Here's the deal. Uh, I think I, I think I outlined this a few podcasts ago. There is a budget, as I said, within the show that's not inexpensive given my salary. Uh, a producer's salary, and there's an offer right now, and somebody's negotiating as we speak back and forth for the producer's job, and studio space. And the digital side of it doesn't want to inherit the whole thing, and the radio side of Entercom doesn't want to inherit the whole thing. So I think they're still negotiating that. I am at the Mix 104.1 studios right now. They are essentially free every day from 12 till 2 o'clock. So in the interim, uh, what I'm going to do, is do a shitload of podcasts. Some of them will be with co-hosts. Some of them will be with guests. Some of them will be mailbags. You've seen it the last couple of weeks. Uh, it's going to be stuff I want to do uh, until we figure out a studio. So you're going to get plenty of this. I mean, I'm going to do four or five podcasts a week here going forward. This week is not going to be an outlier. This is going to be the thing going forward until we figure out the studio situation. So you're going to get a, a plenty of content. That's not going to be an issue at all. So when's the show going to start? I mean, it depends on what you think it is. I, for me, I feel like we're, we're going right now. You know, eventually we'll go live and it'll be a little different and I'll have, you know, be more interaction, the more some of the stuff you guys like. But right now it's going to be guests I like, topics I like, things I like to do, things I like to talk about. So, I, I, I mean, that's 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 not going to change. Um, and I'm enjoying this, like, you know, to have an Alyssa Klein on who who's on the podcast yesterday, well, today, Thursday, but you'll be hearing this tomorrow. Uh, and fight about Captain Marvel movie reviewers and Tom Stackpole fighting about the the story about me and Boston Magazine and having Remy on in a way I never have him on, or Jake Brennan talking about Disgraceland, Dave Portnoy. I'm going to have Portnoy on next week. A couple of other people already lined up for next week. Is stuff I was never able to do, and now I can just do it whoever I want, whenever I want. You know, I, I don't, uh, you know, and I'm enjoying it. I'm actually having, you know, a good time. I'm glad that Carl Samozdis, who's working with me uh, on the show, uh, sort of my my, you know, my, uh, I don't know what his title would be, but he's, you know, essentially director of operations for the show. Uh, he and I said, well, let's just do this. We have the studio available. Let's stop. Let's, uh, we have the studio space available here for a couple of hours a day. It's nowhere near EI in that it's a floor above. I can just walk in, never see them if I don't want to. They don't want to see me. No problem. Uh, so Intercom's not jerking me around. I see that all the time. A bunch of questions about that. They're paying me in full. Um, they have, you know, did it end well at EI? Of course not. Have they treated me well since I left? Yeah. Am I frustrated that I don't, that I don't have everything the way I want it lined up to be? Yes. But, you know, I did a 30-minute interview with Tom Stackpole about Bob Murchison 
that I would have never been allowed to do with EEI. They would have been they would have been sprinting in the room and saying, "Stop doing that! And let me do that." There is way more freedom, which I did not think was going to definitely be the case when they first pitched it to me. But so far, they've been good about that. <clears throat> uh, let me see here. Yeah. A lot of people want, oh, not a lot, a few people, because I guess I tweeted about it, want to know about Rich Keefe's supply mic appearance, which, um, you know, I, I mean, I don't know what to say. Obviously, Keefe hates me. I don't blame, but at the same time, I don't blame him. I mean, I ripped his show. I thought his show was terrible. It's what I don't like in sports talk radio. My opinion hasn't changed on that at all. Maybe I'll be proven right or wrong. I think the ratings will bear that out, although Keefe says that ratings don't matter. And he also said that we never finished in first place. And I mean, obviously, that's not true. Chad Finn wrote five or six different stories in the five or six books that we won in two years, or six of seven or seven of eight or whatever. I mean, I know my bonuses are what they are. We were in first place essentially for two years. I think we won of the 16, uh, of the 24 months, I think we won 19 or 20 of them. Um, and, you know, he just doesn't, he doesn't like me and I don't like him. I invited him to come on so we could talk about it. He doesn't want to do it. What he and Dale do is the kind of radio I don't like. There are people who want to listen to it. I happen not to be one of those people. Why that's so offensive to them, I'll never understand. Um, but they are comfortable, and they will never have to worry about being in trouble. They'll never have to worry about, you know, being hugely successful either and all the burdens that that have. But, um, you know, they do radio the exact opposite way I want to do it. Um, I like compelling. I like interesting. I like fighting. Uh, I don't want to have on, you know, Patrice Bergeron or whoever and, you know, To me, they just do their job. They show up. They leave. They don't care. I'm different. And, you know, Rich is entitled to whatever uh, he wants to do. To me, he's a guy who got a job because it was his turn. You know, he was a guy of the place, and they needed somebody, and he showed up. You know, he's a mediocre talent. And, you know, there's a home for that right now, I think, at that place. Um, There's, you know, know, a lot of that there. Um, Yeah. Let me see here. Yeah, I'm not doing that one. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of EI stuff, and like, I don't, I don't even really know how much more there is to say about it. I mean, I could tell the people who like me are going to say that the my old show stinks. The people who don't like me are going to say, you know, I think it's been six months since I left. I, I, I took my leave in September. That's six months ago. So what and I listened to their show a little bit. Not a lot. I'm not like Dino, I'm not gonna say I don't listen. Like the last couple of days I haven't listened. Occasionally I'll listen for 15, 20 minutes here or there. It's a different show. Uh they're trying as hard as they can. It's difficult. I mean, it's not easy to do. I mean, things happen fast. Uh they've tried adding some new people. I think Mark James and Jermaine Wiggins. You know, not my favorites, but I mean I'm sure there are people who like those guys. I'm not a big fan of like big, loud, and, and like sort of just brainless and no second le- layer, no second thought. But, you know, I, I would say the program director, Joe Zarbano, whether it's Mark James or Dan Cilio or, um, or Wiggins uh, or this guy who was on the other day from New York, like clearly he has a big voice, loud, not a lot of, you know, depth outside of sports, no second or third layer. But that's kind of like Joey. I mean, there's not a lot of depth there either. He's not a, you know, a big thinker. That's the kind of radio he likes. I think he'd like Wiggy and James. For him, that's sort of a dream show. So that's the direction the station's going. It's not the direction I wanted to do. Um, like, I just have no... I was faking it even barely the last couple of years. I don't care about Kyrie Irving. I just don't. 
Uh, Gronk coming back or not coming back to me is just not, it's just not that big. I, I can't talk about it that much. I just don't care. So the stuff I care about, I'm going to talk about here. I care more about Disgraceland. I care more about, you know, uh, the, the, the Stackpole thing. I care more about the, the Captain, I, you know, the, the, I care more about the, 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 you know, the, the issues of the day. I just do. That's not even putting people down. Like, you know, Rich Keefe, I think, cares about the NBA. So talk about the NBA. There's an audience for it. It's not as big as the audience was for my show when I was on, but there's an audience for it. Um, I understand you don't find hockey to be a very talk show-friendly sport, but might you personally have any interest in the Bruins once this postseason starts? Nope. None. Zero. We'll not watch a second of it. And for some reason, that'll get people angry at me. I mean, this happened last year. Dale went on some rant about how people don't care about hockey, and then, you know, like, we did, I think, double their ratings. Like, I just don't, I think it's insulting to the listener for me to pretend I care about something. I don't, in my brain, I don't care about hockey. I don't like hockey like I don't like, uh, you know, mayonnaise. I, I just happen not to like it. Others do. Fantastic. Go with God. I, it's It doesn't interest me in the slightest. And when I first got here, there were still the remnants of this 2011 myth that like this cost of stations, which is bullshit, of course. But, you know, we had to pretend we liked hockey, and it was awful. It was the worst fucking radio you've ever heard in your life. And I was so embarrassed to be a part of it. I just said, you know, I'm not. when I get my own show, I'm not going to do it. You want to go listen to hockey, go listen to Spittin' Chicklets, go listen to some podcast, go listen to Dale, go listen to whoever the fuck's at the top. If that's what you want to hear, go listen to it. You know, it, to me it's awful, but that's me. Like, I don't know why people get mad at that. If I think you suck on the air or your show sucks, fuck you care. You think I care if Dale Arnold thinks I stink on the air or Rich Keefe? Of course not. You know, I, it's, 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 it's a bizarre thing to me. Uh, let's see. Hmm. Are you sober? I am not. I'm hammered right now. Uh, what are the chances that you are back on regular radio next year, or even sooner? The ratings will continue to tank without you, so I can see them begging you to come back. There, you know, there has not been a a word of interaction between us, me, and the station about me coming back. Did they know I don't want to come back? And I don't think they want me back. I think we're good. Like I think they've they've gone on their way. They've gone on my way. I, I think they know I don't want to do that anymore. And moreover, I think they're happy that I'm not in their lives anymore. So I would say, and everyone says it's like you know. In the history of music, every band who gets big gets big. Uh, then they hate each other. They break up. They swear they'll never get back together, and they do a reunion show. It's never the same, right? Uh, radio's the same way. It always ends, you know, I'm at the point where fuck these guys. I'll never come back. And then four years later, I'm back. I don't think that's going to happen just because I think the business is changing, and I am enjoying this way more than I was enjoying doing the show for the last year, year and a half. Let me see. Man, all the same. I'm looking for something interesting here. Any regrets about your situation? Not really. I mean, I, I have to say, you know, <clears throat> I would have done everything the same way. I'm proud of myself. I always think of my dad. I think my dad would have been proud of me for not doing what they wanted me to do. And I actually got to one point that Keith made in the podcast that I listened to with Blind Mike where he was right, where he said, you know, what are you supposed to do when the, you tell a guy to do something and he doesn't want to do it? You can't have him do your show anymore. Thousand percent right. That was the one good point the fucking guy made the whole time. Um, 
So, yeah, I mean, when you don't want to do something and they really are insisting that you do it or you're not going to be on, then I think we're done. Uh, when are we going to hear fake Trenny? Yeah, there's not been a really good – I couldn't really do fake Trenny with, with Remy uh, at that point. Fake Trenny I have not heard from in a while, but I suspect you're going to hear from her again very, very, very soon. She will be part of the family for sure. Um, <laughs> boy, there's a lot of these, you know. I'm not really sure what I'm supposed to say about these questions about the new show with these guys. I'm sure they're doing fine. A, lot of que- a couple of questions about Stern. Howard Stern has a new book out and talked about his promotional plans Tuesday. He said he's considering going on podcasts. What are the chances you could get him? That's going to be new producer challenge numero uno. I'm going to say, I would. I mean, obviously, I would love to have Stern on to talk about his book, his transformation, his thoughts on, you know. I mean, he's lucky. I mean, the world now, when Stern, and Stern obviously got into all kinds of trouble. We know that. Um you know, with the FCC and battles, but that was in the pre-social. Really, when Stern went to Sirius, it was oh, the end of oh five. I think he stopped at K Rock, and beginning of oh six, he started at Sirius. This is pre-Twitter. Remember, Twitter is the engine that drives all this bullshit, fake outrage world. Um, Stern would have been dead. He would have been in this world now. He'd be gone, gone. I mean, if he'd done it the way he used to do it. I'm saying like that. You put the ninety three, ninety four Stern in two thousand nineteen. No fucking, sh- I mean, no chance. I don't care if he's doing, I mean, I mean, I was doing 12s, 13s, 14s, 15s in Boston. Stern was doing double digits in, you know, 20, 25 markets. They still wouldn't have cared. He'd be gone. Uh, so I'd be curious. I mean, that's the beauty of him being at Sirius. He has complete and total freedom to say whatever he wants. Um, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't, I would obviously love to talk to him. Obviously, he's the, he's the best ever. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's going to be our, our new producer, uh, his first challenge. <clears throat> if Bob Murchison agreed to answer one question honestly and on the record, what would you ask? That's a great question. Because I've thought about that, and I don't really have like a lot of questions for Murchison. Um, you know, I guess if I could sit him down, and I, I would just say to Bob, what, what have you done? What have you accomplished here? What's changed? So you got, you know, you played a big role in getting me off the show. You and the Red Sox and all that stuff. Congratulations. What in America has now changed when you've gotten rid of Kirk Minahan, who is pro-transgender rights? You've taken him off the radio now. What has moved forward in this, uh, in this movement? What has changed? Uh, but he wouldn't answer. I mean, that would never happen. You know, he's, he's a coward. We've tried to get him on before. Uh, and he won't do it. On the Minifan show, that's the Minifan podcast, um, Paul EEI, I guess that's Paul Shardy, said he would produce for you for 80000 a year. What do you think of him as a producer and could you make it happen? I mean, I thought he was a mediocre producer. Nice kid, but like, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't hire him. I never would have cons- considered him at all. Just your typical nice guy, but your typical sort of zero mediocre. I have no memory of him producing a show. Uh, I mean, I remember being there, but I have no memory of him. So I'd, uh, I would say, you know, I'd say probably a no. Uh, can you address some of the things you had issues with Rich Keefe? No, I mean, again, with Keefe, he went, you know, he was, he, I think, played it. If I were Rich's friend, I would have said, you didn't play it great with Blind Mike, acting like you didn't know that I wasn't on the air. You didn't know what drove me out. Just say you hate me. You know, you hate my fucking guts and move on. Oh, he said that, I guess, without saying it. Um, I don't hate him. I just have no respect for him as a radio personality. He has no respect for me as a radio personality. That's all. I just think he's, you know, 
just an amazingly, perfectly boring uh, radio host. Uh, <clears throat> thoughts on the Lori Laughlin scandal. So, you know, I, I would say I'm, a, I'm at least of average intelligence. I had to read that story like eight times. My mind is blown by this, by this story. And it's saying, it has echoes in a weird way, obviously not quite, is of Remy, in that you do things for your kids. But, you know, at some point you got to say, go to community college for two years and try and fucking figure it out. This isn't for everybody. Some of these parents with these guys, and I see this in Lexington, which is a competitive town. You see some of it, you're like, you know, your kid's a dummy. Deal with it. You know, let them go to some school and learn a fucking trade. You know, the, the toilets have to be fixed in the world. You know, just because you're Lori Laughlin's kid, whatever the, whoever the fucking cares about her. Or Felicity Huffman, you know, go screw. I think it's 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 a it's it's been going on forever, is my guess, in, in some form or fashion, um, and it hasn't. You know, it's never going to change. These people who have some money are always going to try and get ahead. Now, paying five hundred thousand dollars so you can get kid, kid can get in the USC, should go to jail for ten years, just being a fucking idiot. Um, but I don't know. Tell us a spring training hand job story. Uh, and it has a picture of Dino on it. I have no idea what that person is alluding to. Um, that is a really weird, random question. I have, boy, I am gobsmacked by that question. I have no memory of Dino in that at all at Carabas uh, on a Tuesday night. Uh, do you think what Stephen A. Smith believes, what he says, or it's all a shtick to keep Boston fans clicking? So, I, so yeah, so I listened to this where he, where he called me out. And I guess, like, insinuated that Brady and I had some sort of, like, either were, uh, it was, like, the sort of, like, thinly veiled homosexual accusation or something, which, as I tweeted out, Brady hates me more than Stephen A. does. What a pussy Stephen A. turned out to be, by the way. Two years later, he's bitching about it. He can, and he, and he lied with us. He sat there and, and kissed the ass of Floyd Mayweather, a repeated serial abuser of women, and is sitting there licking his friggin' taint. Uh, over uh, his cars, this, this puke, this vomit, wife-beating asshole. And Stephen A. Smith is acting like he's like you know equal to him. I, I think I, Stephen A. is another one I find unlistenable at this point. He's he's lost all connection to reality. As, as the late great Powers Booth said, Nixon, the man has lost lost all touch with reality. So fuck him. You know, I reached out to him, I texted him, and called him the last couple of days. He didn't respond. Same with Keith, by the way. These guys are all they're all happy to throw bombs out there, but when you challenge them face to face, they all back down. You know, we live in a, in a, and we're in pussy central, pussification of America. Uh, and, you know, I think he's, I think he's, I mean, I, I've never really valued Stephen A. Smith anyway. Um, I think he's a zero, but yeah. Um, hmm. <laughs> if your med's been upped, if not, why not? Uh, no, my meds are good. I feel I, my, my mental health right now is pretty good. Um, I'm concerned, uh, as we near anniversary time here for my parents, we're sort of at the point now, and I know you guys are sick of hearing me about my parents, but we're at the point now with me where two years ago, my parents were starting to both get really sick and we started seeing the finish line really right around. I remember seeing my dad was in the hospital for a couple of days. Uh, then we went to a St. Patrick's dinner, um, on a Saturday night, and my dad, my mom brought my dad. My dad looked so sick. That was March of 2017. And I remember thinking, he looked, there's a picture of him and Harry and of it, and he looked so weak and thin, and he looked like somebody who 
for the first time, you could tell we were coming down the stretch. And then at that point, my mom, a couple of days later, was in the hospital for five or six days where she's had unbelievable leg pain, her lower body. And my dad would stay at the hospital for like a half hour and then leave. And it's just so unlike him. And, you know, he was dead a month, you know, a month later. So those things are starting to linger in my head now. When spring comes now, the start of spring and warmer weather, usually it's great. For me now, it's weird. It has a different feeling. It sort of has a a whiff of death to it, like finality. And I get, I start to get a little anxious. That stuff in my stomach I've talked about before starts churning and churning and churning at that point. And it scares me. I'm scared of that. Um, But I'm medicated this year and I'm talking about this year and I'm more open this year and I'm not in a stressful work environment uh, this year. So I think things are better um, that way. So I feel better, but yet still, I mean, I can be getting, even thinking of my dad at, at that St. Patrick's Day thing, I'm starting to get upset, but it's sort of, yeah. So I'm, I have concerns about that, but I think given those things I was talking about, I think I'm going to be better off. <clears throat> um, would you go on par my take? Of course I would. I, I love those guys. Yeah. As I said, Portnoy will be on here next week. At the Jussie, so what incident happened first? Do you think you would have as much backlash for questioning Adam Jones? Maybe. I mean, but, you know, I don't really care. I mean, I was asking a question. Adam Jones may be telling the truth. Uh, I don't believe it, but he may be telling the truth. But I didn't believe Smollett. I mean, if I was on the air, first day I would have said, I don't believe this story. You know, it was it just smelled like bullshit, just like Adam Jones did. I'll just ask anybody who goes to a game at Red Sox at, at Fenway Park this year. Picture, the, look at the guy in center field. Look how far away the stands are. Look at all the people who would hear it if you had to say a word that loud. You'd have to scream it. You would have to scream it. That's all. But, I mean, that's two years ago. Clearly, no one's opinion is going to change on it, so it's fine. Um, What's your relationship with the guys in the morning? It's fine. You know, it's always – I went in and saw them the other day because I was doing this early, taping a podcast, so I popped in the office and talked to them for a few minutes. There is stress in the air, so I think I'm going to stay away from – going in that office for a while. Um, but yeah, I don't, uh, I talked to Jerry and I talked to Mutt and, and Curtis and I, you know, I, it's, you know, I, it's, it's, it's what it is. I, it's fine. I, I get along with them. Fine. A uh, couple more here. <clears throat> Am I disappointed? Uh, there's been little, no show promotion by your company. Well, not, not really because there's really been nothing to, to announce here yet. Um, I don't want promotion either. I don't give a shit about promotion. I have an audience. I have a base. When I do a podcast, people listen to it. If I do a show, people listen to it. These people, I even want to talk to people at the station here. You know, we should change our sound. We should do more promotion. We should do more. Do a good show. Do a good show and everything else will fucking take care of itself. I promise you. If you do a compelling, interesting show that's different than other shows, where you don't talk about the same thing every single day that everyone else is talking about, then you're going to be okay. If you're not, that means you're not good enough and you will fail and you can blame everybody else if you want, but look in the mirror. It's going to be your fucking fault. Uh, Let me see here. Why do I experience physical excitement when you tweet? I can't answer that. That's very nice, though. Uh, A lot of Stephen A. Smith questions. Again, he's just full of shit. I mean, I know what I'm going to say. He's... You know, he's a, he's, he's, by the way, is a race baiter 101. People talk about you with Adam Jones. I was asking a question. I mean, this guy, this is what he does. This fucking Gordon Hayward thing is absurd. Dumbest fucking thing I ever heard in my life. <clears throat> Come on, give me something interesting here. 
Do you understand the longer the show is delayed, the less interest your core fans have? I don't. Yeah, I mean, yes, I think that's like everything else. But I think, you know, I could tell they're listening to this and this is a different way to do it right now. I am never again going to do what I did with Jerry and, and those guys a couple of years ago. It's always going to be different. If you're looking for that, you're not going to get it. You're not going to get anywhere else either. So it's not going to happen. Uh, I want to try something else. <clears throat> so we'll see. But yeah, I mean, but again, I think people are listening to this right now. We'll uh, we'll see what happens as we go forward. Um, hmm. I mean, yeah, I'm just not going to sit here and answer questions about how the morning show sucks without me. I, you can, I mean, you know, <laughs> it's like you. I guess I, that's what you think. Uh, let's see. Oh, oh, and I'm going to do a Cullen anniversary show, by the way. That is going to be a whole episode, of a, a whole show devoted to Kevin Cullen on the one-year anniversary, which I'm looking forward to. I'm doing work on it. We might have some new stuff as well, by the way, um, which I am looking forward to doing. I've been poking around at some stories in the past and not so distant past and have some questions, and I'm digging around right now. That's what I'd say is April looms. So, uh, <clears throat> so yeah, honest answer. I'm not going to get We are living in a time where free speech has become a dangerous commodity. Your experience at EI with Murchison, Red Sox, Globe, case in point. What do you think the future holds for the media in this climate? Uh, you know, and that ties into a couple of Tucker Carlson questions, I suppose, that I got. And the answer is, I think, with social media right now and fear, it, it, I mean, really what it all comes down to, of course, is do your bosses have a backbone and do the advertisers have a backbone? If neither one do, you're fucked. If rather, if neither one don't, if either client, either you know, client or bosses don't have a backbone, you're fucked. If both don't have a backbone, you're really fucked. If both do, you're fine. I mean, but it's really hard. It's easy to say, "Oh, you guys are pussies." What the fuck? But when you're getting badgered and and beaten down, after a while, I can understand there are enough people who don't really understand the situation who aren't going to take the time to hear what the other side of the story is. They're just going to say, "Get this out of our lives." And until that stops and the conversation starts, I mean, it's over. I, it's not, it's not going to change. Uh, the Tucker Carlson thing, it's how I feel about all these things. He said some things that are really fucking stupid, but he shouldn't be on the air because of that? I, I mean, I, I, you know, I don't know. Uh, you have a clicker. Change the channel. Well, whatever the fuck. I guess you don't have a clicker anymore, but you know what I mean. Change the channel. Change the channel. And I saw Jerry, my old partner, tweet that. You know, the other day, but at the same time, Jerry's saying he's canceling his HBO subscription because of Bill Maher. Well, you can't have it both ways. You know, just because you don't like what the guy's saying, uh, too bad. You know, free speech is free speech all around. That's another way where I think I'm different than most people. You're either left or right or hardcore this or that. I don't give a shit either way. If you're a fucking fraud, you're a fraud. But do I think Tucker Carlson should, Tucker Carlson should lose his job? Absolutely not. Do I think Bill O'Reilly should have lost his job for his sexual assault of women? Yes, that's different. That's a criminal act. That's different. He's a scumbag. Tucker Carlson speaks his, spoke his mind. And I do think it's a classic example of somebody trying to be a, who's not a cool guy, trying to be a quote-unquote cool guy on some wacky, you know, uh, uh, zoo radio show. Um, you know, but, 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 but it blew over because Fox had his back. He's lost a couple of sponsors, but, it, you know, same with Laura Ingram uh, a couple of months ago, whenever that was, a year ago. They, ha- they had her back, so she didn't lose her job. Me, the corp people way up top, didn't really have my back here. Uh, and I fear for, for people like that in this business going forward. 
They're going to unearth sound and tweets and stuff from 9, 10, 11 years ago on whomever. Uh, and their, life's, their lives will be over. <clears throat> you know, MSNBC had Joy Reid's back. Now, she wrote some fucking horrible things. They had her back. So she kept her job. It's that simple. And by the way, most times, uh, Murchison's an exception, but most times um, the mob moves on to the next thing. And the Tucker Carlson thing, I think we all agree, is not as hot uh, as it was three days ago or two days before that. And two weeks from now, it's not going to be as, uh, the temperature will not be as warm. I mean, that's just unless, you know, you find something crazy, you know. So somebody's digging through his, you know, history at uh, on on the Bubba the Love Sponge show. Well, you know, you're gonna find shit. Um. So yeah, the uh, it's it's just it's just a weird uh, it's just a weird situation right now, and and I really honestly, I I you know I don't know if there's gonna be that moment where people say, "Geez, this is really." This has gone way over the edge. We're all for ombudsman and and, self, and checking and making sure that, but we're now at the point where everything, everyone's trying to ruin everyone's life, trying to get everyone fired. Um, until that happens, uh, until that moment happens, that tipping point, I don't know what it is. And by the way, a huge part of it, of course, is the Trump's president. And there are people who are so angry about that that they move it to other places where they can't control it. They can't control the fact Trump's president. But they can, if they send enough emails, get some radio hosts moved, or get some television hosts moved, or get a guy who hosts a podcast, that Sword and Scale podcast. You can get him gone. All these things can happen. Um, and you feel great about yourself. But it's like everything else. It's like I always say, well, then you, you, you go home. Then what? Like, okay, you got rid of Tucker. Let's say it's successful. Tucker Carlson's gone. Fuck you think they're going to put in and replace Tucker Carlson? A Republican who's going to feel the same way ideologically that Tucker Carlson does. And you're not really offended at the things he said. You're offended at the fact that he supports the president and he's Republican at its core. Just the same with the other side. I mean, you know, uh, that, 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 that's the way the world works now. Let's do one or two more, shall we? Uh, are you going to be singing more in this new podcast? Well, there's a couple of singing ones I was happy to see. Um, yeah, I think so. I think if I find the right... Uh, you know, if I can get into the if I can get into the groove, I can get, you know, I I think there'll be some musical stuff. I'm trying to think of a uh, uh, a way to take advantage of my voice um, because it's such a you know obviously such a powerful instrument. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if I did an acoustic tour sometime in 2019, early 2020. Uh, maybe do some covers of some of the great songs of all time acoustically, of course. Um, but I also wouldn't be surprised if I went to a more sort of, uh, heavy metal, you know, angle. I think, I think the, the, we're, we're aching for that next great star and that I could have easily been an Axl Rose type. There's really no limit to what I could have done. Certainly opera. There's no doubt about that. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's one of the great voices in history. Pavarotti, Bocelli, Springsteen, Minahan. Top four, I think. Um, all right. I'm enjoying this week, by the way, so, you know, let me see here. One more and then we'll go home. I took your picture today. All right. Hmm. Uh, you know, and I, and I guess I'd expect a show announcement here. If it's not on Twitter, I'd like to do it on this podcast. 
By the way, 100th podcast of Enough About Me next week. Uh, and I think Portnoy, I hope, will be the 100th guest. He was the first one. So I think we'll get him on middle or end of next week. Uh, I talked to him. He seemed fine with coming on. So I think we'll grab him, you know, probably Wednesday, Thursday, I'm going to say. Uh, all right, one more we'll call it a day. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Yes, yeah, it's all about me starting with friendships have ended uh, as a result of your divorce from me. Yeah, I shall give you the yeah, I want to wrap it up. Why not? What friendships have ended? Are they uh, damaged irreparably? If so, do you regret any of that? I'd say the only one that's really irreparably damaged is probably Bradford. I haven't talked to him since last November or December or something. I think we're done. Um, and the other ones are just weird. It's just weird. It's weird like it always is. You know, it's weird because, you know. They're trying to do their show. You know, I check in with them. We certainly, we care about radio stuff. We like to gossip about stuff. But now it's sort of, they don't want to seem like they're having a great time if I'm not around when I talk to them. But at the same time, they don't want to seem like they're having a miserable. So it's just sort of all this weird stuff where it's just, you know, I'd love to be able to say, don't worry about it. You know, I, I want, like, I want Mutt and Jerry to do to do well. You know, do I want them to do well six months ago? Probably not. Probably not. But I mean, I feel like, what good does it do me if they do a lousy rating? I don't want to go back there. And then my friends aren't doing well. It's like, what the fuck? What fucking, you know, they, 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 they what are you going to do? Like, it's, you know, and Glenn and Christian and Lou, I hope do well. You know, and I, I mean, I hope th- those two shows, I hope do well. Uh, but it's, it's always going to be weird, always, I think. And that's just the way it is. I mean, I think it, it, if it wasn't weird, it'd be weird. And, you know, I get a lot of tweets that say, hey, you're too fixated on the EI. I don't know. I mean, it, it it was something I built and something I'm really proud of and it was taken away and it's still confusing a few months later. I don't think I'm as fixated as I was three months ago or three months before that. I mean, I talked to Jake Brennan this week and Alyssa Klein and Jerry Remy and Tom Stackpole and it's not like I'm doing EEI podcasts um, that much really anymore. It's just, it's, I, you know, I've moved on from it. I don't listen to it a whole lot, um, you know, way less than I did before. Um, and, you know, it's it's okay. I, I'm, I'm okay now with... Uh, with, with it being over, <clears throat> as is this podcast, by the way. Um, so back back next week, uh, I expect a, a couple of show announcements. I think maybe a producer announcement beginning of next week as well. Uh, you'll get a show logo if you give a shit about logos as well. That's done. Um, and, you know, reach out, tweet at me, at Kirkman. I'll try and do a little more Periscope stuff, I guess. Um, I'll get a few more podcasts up next week. Having a good time with that, as I said. Subscribe to it. That's important. That's going to help. Uh, and some sponsors will be coming up here soon. We are close to closing with some big ones um, as we get rolling. And episode 100, by the way, will be next week. This is episode 97, the mailbag edition of Enough About Me. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.